Hello, everyone, and welcome to Ask the Amigos August Part 3. I'm here with Aaron virtually, and we are here to answer your questions posed to us in the Ask the Amigos Discord channel. Keep them coming, Bo. What do you got? First up, got a question from Roshi. He says, Amongst the 8- and 16-bit computers that were capable of decent music, was there a game that didn't have concurrent music and sound effects where you felt that it worked out for the better? Huh. Some games did not need music, that's for sure. Um, of any of the 8-bits or 16-bits, you know, I'm going to th- just this is just what it came right off the top of my head, Boat. Uh, okay. Was uh, uh, Eye of the Beholder, where you have to listen to the footsteps and stuff. You know, the old Dungeon Master gimmick, stuff's coming right. down the hall. Garbage, yep. Uh, and that's uh, listen. It, that was a that was a great game. It's just it's an old game. It didn't age well. Um, I think uh, and then there's games where like I, maybe I've played this long and I don't need music, but like uh, uh, something like a Blue Max, I don't need music in that. I like hearing the combat noise. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there are plenty of games that could have used music. You know, right. we've covered we don't need all to go those. into those. Yeah. Can you think of me off the top of your head? Yeah. In terms of systems where you could, uh, you know, uh, have both, I think Blue Max, the Atari could not handle all of the sounds going on in Blue Max and produce a, a decent soundtrack. The Pokey Chip couldn't do it. But in terms of like Amiga games, uh, the game that we reviewed just a couple of weeks ago, the Traps and Treasures game. I thought the sound design was so good in that game uh, and the music was used so sparingly that I didn't miss it when it was gone. Mm. That's that's probably uh, number one for me. Really, um, I am not against games that don't have concurrent music and sound effects, but you just have to you have to be smart about doing it, and it can't just be plainly a lazy maneuver. Well, I like to have the like God, of music. God's for instance, God's begs for a soundtrack when you're playing. It. Yeah, because it the opening so, song is so good. So many yeah. Amiga games have opening songs that you're like, yeah. And, then and when the, you're... the the sounds in Gods are there's basically like four or five sounds to play in the whole game, and there's there's nothing that breaks up the action. So what about Lotus Two? Driving games must have tons of good great music. Exactly. You so know, if they don't have it, that you're getting hosed. That yeah, Lotus Two definitely did not work out for the better that way. And Curtis mentions Dungeons of Dargroth. I agree. That's one another one where you sort of need to hear the sound. Music would not have done any favor. Um. Roshi, no, I'm sorry. Chris Folds asks, what are your favorite three smells? Mm. Well, I never wrote the, I never thought about it before, to be honest with you. Um, let's see. Uh, chocolate chip cookies baking would be, probably be up there. That's a great smell. Um, I like, um, you know, this is generic, but I like that sort of pine smell you get when you're in the woods. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, I'll tell you what I like. And I had this experience when I was at the cabin. You know when you you were in a a room. You remember? Are you open one of those old cedar chests and you get mm-hmm. that that I love that okay. that I love that kind of woody polished wood whatever that is smell. I love that. Right. Right. Okay. Um, <laughs> for me, it's got to be um, baking bread, like fresh baked bread. I love the smell of deep frying things. Like you know the smell when you walk by Big Loafer at the mall. Uh, I, I I don't eat there. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about when you walk by. I know, I know the smell. Hell yeah, that I love that smell. That's when I'm when I make tater tots at home. Mm-hmm. I love that smell, and I love the smell of walking into a Korean restaurant because, like, you you can smell like the kimchi, and it just it brings me back to like all the good times that I had living in Korea. 
So, uh, you know, they say that smell is the sense that is uh, most associated with memory. Have you read that before? I have heard that, I think. Yeah. And um, so there's things too, like freshly cut grass, you know, on a summer's day, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know. You don't like that? It's not for no. you? Unless I'm the one that finished cutting it and I'm walking inside. Then I love it. <laughs> um, Tapes asks, Boat mentioned watching Slice of Life anime in one of the recent episodes. Could you share what you've watched or some of your favorites? Yes. Um, so there are a bunch of Slice of Life animes that I really, really like. Uh, one is called Run with the Wind. That is about a high school track team. No, I'm sorry, a university track team. Uh, there's one called Kids on the Slope, which is about uh, some high school kids that um, form a jazz band. There's one called Barakamon which is about a calligrapher that goes to live on an island, uh, sort of a rural island. Uh, My God, see, what these sound boring. <laughs> these are animes? When does the demon show up? There's <laughs> one uh, There's one called Usagi Drop, which uh, chronicles the life of a uh, salary man that uh, decides to raise his grandfather's uh, five-year-old girl. Uh, that's very good. So, Aaron, none of these are going to be your bag because there's no explosions. My there's favorite no, one. There's no well-endowed ladies. None of the things that you like about anime are in them. My favorite one is y- y- Yanoshi Gatami, which it's the it's the solitary life of a, a, a of a librarian in her later years who is slowly working her way through the Encyclopedia Britannica. My God, how moving! <laughs> Get that out. <laughs> Uh, Mitsuyama asks, what is one piece of advice you would give your 21-year-old self? Oh, God. I don't know. I was already going south by 21, but I'll be honest with you. Okay. So, you want to go back to 18? Well, no. I mean, 21. That would, go ahead. What would you say to your guy, to your you? Break up with your girlfriend. Leave her alone. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way... I mean... This it's one of these things here, and where if I hadn't had all the stuff that happened to me, I wouldn't be where I am now, and I'm happy where I am now. I'm trying to what I was doing in 21. So, in so 20, 21, I was getting ready to graduate from college, um, and like I said, I was engaged to this girl, and um, and it was a horrible, horrible thing because I was like, well, I guess I'll just settle for her because there's you know I'm not going to be able to beat anybody after I graduate from college. Horrible idea. I'm thinking 91. I'm thinking that, would, that was somewhere like that'd be like 92. And I was just finishing up school. And I was finishing up elementary school. I was going to go to the real world. Well, yeah, there you go. Uh, if I could give myself any advice, um, I would probably say something about staying in better shape. If you maybe something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems because that way I wouldn't have to worry about it now. So I curse. I mean, my life has. I've never had a plan. I've never had one. And so it's hard for me to go back and say, well, you screwed this up. Because, I mean, I just most of the time I just sort of feel like a leaf that's floating down a stream. Mm-hmm. Just stuff happens. I really have no control over the majority of it. It sounds, it's not depressing or anything. It's just that's the way I've always been. I've never sure. really thought about it. You know, so it's hard for me to say, boy, I wish I hadn't, you know. I mean, there's stuff I shouldn't have done. Should I have inhaled a bunch of, like, uh, uh, weird drugs? It's a, probably not, in retrospect. You know, it's not like I was a drug addict, but, you know, stay away from ether, I guess, would be mm-hmm. something I would probably tell myself. That's, you know. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Paul, a.k.a. Hermsky, writes, how involved are you with modern gaming these days? What do you enjoy? It's funny you should mention that, because I actually download, I bought and played a new game last night. Uh, ironically, both. 
I'm, I'm trying to get the name of it here. I got it on Steam. Oh, it's called Dead by Daylight Boat. You ever heard oh, of that boy. one? That sounds awesome. Well, it's a... Uh, my kid plays this game on Roblox called Murder Mystery, mm-hmm. where you... Uh, Every, one person's a killer, and everyone else kind of tries to hide from the killer, right? Right. This is the adult, like, horror movie version. The boys are playing it. It was eight bucks, so I picked it up. And uh, uh, it's okay. I mean, it is it is what it is. It's kind of fun. So, I mean, but it's modern, you know? Yeah. Uh, we This week on ARG, we're doing Android games, right? Mm-hmm. And the game that Brent picked just came out, like, this year. And it's I really like it. So, I mean, that one, I think, counts, too. Uh, we also, me and Luke, play some modern stuff. So uh, I do play some modern stuff, uh, uh, but most of the time I don't. And, like, I downloaded Grand Theft Auto Five last weekend. Did I tell you that? You, oh, well, you, you mentioned it briefly on Discord. Yeah, I bought it. And it reminded me instantly why I don't go for this stuff. The mm-hmm. endless disclaimers, the endless... Log in here, the CAPTCHA stuff that won't work right. You know, everything that can go wrong, but that you're trying to play the game. It's like 20 minutes or 30 minutes of, of just hassle, you know? Right. Even the Amiga, on its worst day, I could get the game going and say 10 minutes most mm-hmm. of the time. So that's one, that's, there's sort of a, I don't know if I've got the patience to sit there, but I mean, when the games don't do that, sure, I'll play a modern, you know, modern game. Yeah. Um, I go through phases uh, with really video games just in general, like except for the games that we play for the shows, uh, I'll go weeks without playing any video games um, and and I don't miss it. But then something a switch will go off in my mind and I'll be like one day I'll be like, oh, video games, let's go. And uh, and I've got a switch. And as far as my modern games, uh, I can tell you that uh, Animal Crossing, Luigi's Mansion 3, Mario Kart 8, those three games are well worth the purchase price of the Switch. I'll get uh, the, as much, uh, you know, the fun factor is is everlasting in those three games. Um, I bought Persona 4, which has been uh, remastered in uh, 1080p. That was one of my favorite games that I had on the uh, PS TV. Remember that that system? Yes. Yes. The PlayStation Television. I do remember that, yeah. Uh, I didn't finish Persona 4, but I love the Persona series, and uh, I'm sure that I will play through that when the when the, when the the itch arises again. But really, you know, the great majority of my, like, spendable income on new or on, on like, entertainment, I buy, I buy tons more books than I do video games, an unhealthy amount of books. It's funny, because I'll go through a spurt. I mean, we were doing so many shows that... I was booked all week for games for the mm-hmm. longest time. But since we've cut back and I've had a little more time, I feel I find myself playing uh, more games and different stuff than I would have in the past. Uh, heck, I was waiting for you to start this thing up, and I sat here and played two two full rounds of One Must Fall mm-hmm. uh, just because I could. You know, I will say that's one of the nice things about having these systems set up. I mean, on the stream last night, I just I thought, hey, let's play a bunch of Turbo Graphics and there are some C64. I like doing that, and I do like streaming because it make it gets me to uh, just randomly pick games and people tell me what to play, and I, so I yeah. like that. I love that. So the show makes me doesn't make me, but the show helps me like play different stuff. So I do like absolutely. that. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Retro stuff. You know, I'm I'm always you know ninety nine percent of the time I'm more inclined to fire up a retro game than I am a modern game. No yeah, question it's, about it's it. It's more convenient most of the time. You know, right. but, you know so there's that. 
Uh, Dunk the Dunk asks, what was the last thing you bought because you wanted it, not because you needed it? I'll go first on this one. Everything. I don't need anything. <laughs> I have everything that I could possibly want for the rest of my life, except for stuff like food, except for like consumables. Uh, everything that I buy, I do not need. Um, whether it's uh, video games or golf clubs or books, uh, just more uh, feeding the consumerist beast that is the average American. I am, I am uh, the, the, uh, the cover story. I really have tried to, I'm not into boat challenge levels of cutting back, uh, but I, you know, like I we said earlier, I've, I'm pretty satisfied, uh, man, with the, uh, with the setup here and what I've got going on. Uh, and so I'm not actually, I'm actually pretty happy with what I've bought. Uh, when you say stuff you wanted to buy and didn't have to buy, like I'd say stuff I had to buy would be like a lot. Most of it's like cables or adapters. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, stuff like that. Uh, because I'm trying to bring something up, you know, uh, but stuff that I want to buy, I mean, I I've bought most of it. So really, except for little small things. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty I will happy. say that I will say that uh, I am done buying retro systems. I'm I, I I just can't imagine a future where I would want any other system that is out there. Um, the last thing that I did buy, like the last video game type purchase that I bought, was uh, the uh, EverDrive cart for the Nintendo, and uh, I've gotten some fun out of that. So I feel like, but the last thing that the last discretionary expense was I bought. Uh, two uh, books from the Folio Society. I bought uh, an anthology, a seasonal anthology, and a huge book from the British Royal Library on uh, the history of Buddhism. And uh, it's massive, and it was very expensive. And uh, I'm looking forward to digging into that. But again, you know, I spent all this money on a book, and what did I do? As soon as I got it, I put it on the shelf, and I haven't, I haven't opened it yet. So I'll get to it. Yeah, I, I'm not done buying retro systems, but I'm not. Um, in the past, I've kind of looked for stuff. And I, like I said, I, there's not much out there that I want that I don't already have access to. And so it makes it, it's great, by the way. I'm very fortunate. Uh, but uh, so unless, I mean, if something came along, you know, sort of like the Atari thing mm -hmm. or the Commodore uh, Amiga thing we ended up getting into uh, last year. Right. Uh, then I would probably, I'd be all up in it. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, I'm not going out like a maniac and like, screw it. I'm going to go buy a Turbo Duo or something because, eh, you know, I don't care that much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Roshi has uh, some questions. Do you know who vitamin C is? Banned? I want to say yes, but I don't know anything about any of that. I mean, okay, we'll, like we'll skip that question. Yeah. Are, Are you, you more? Nope. Okay. Are you more scared of skydiving or scuba diving? Probably skydiving, I'd say. Uh, me too. Yeah. Me too. Uh, what's your favorite wrestling finish move? Oh, boy. What's yours? Hit guy with fork. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the fork is a good one. Um, I always like any sort of a, uh, top turnbuckle, you know, like the big elbow, yeah. whatever it was, the macho, um, any sort of high flying Lucha style, uh, finisher. Uh, the one that jumps to mind, I mean, I've loved all kinds of different finishes. There's a guy named Chuck Taylor, the Kentucky gentleman, Chuck Taylor. He's got a finishing maneuver called the awful waffle. And I like I, it already. I love the name because Chuck Taylor is this real goofy dude, but mm -hmm. it's a real nasty looking move. He kind of picks you up and dumps on your brain. Mm. Uh, so I'm, as for one guy to want it, I'm, I'm going to go with that one. But I mean, some of those perennial ones like Jake, the snake Roberts on the DDT or Macho's yeah. elbow, those are so good. You know, they're hard to beat. <laughs> 
I uh, I don't like any finishers that are submissions, like you know, figure four and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that's lame. You gotta. Con- I, w- I want impact. I understand. Uh, Roshi asks, "How have your views on emulation and FPGAs changed in the last year?" Well, my personal views haven't really changed that much, to be honest with you, because I didn't care. I've never cared. We talked about this before. When you have no money to buy real hardware, you emulate. When you get some money to buy real hardware, then you can get it. And then when you've got enough money to get into FPGAs, you can go down that route. But I mean, to me, well, it's a it, whatever gets you to the to the door, you know. Uh, uh, I will say I was I didn't necessarily see myself owning an FPGA, and one of the reasons was I've got an Amiga, I've got a PC, I've got a I've got all the stuff that these things emulate. So there's really not a whole lot of stuff that I can't play with real hardware that I've just already got. Uh, so, but I will say the Amiga, uh, for the convenience of it, it's basically like, um, I mean, it's like having a hardware emulator. I mean, I guess that's sort of what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, and it works, it works well. Uh, so I, I'm all for FPGAs. I've never, you know, we were, we were talking about the, uh, vampires, you know, way, way back, really when they were just starting out. I mean, and we weren't condemning them. Now we've talked about whether we think they're authentic Amigas or not, that whole rigmarole, but I'm pretty much at the, figured at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, you know, because you can't convince people one way or the other. But for me personally, I've never cared. I wouldn't go out of my way to get one, uh, uh, you know, because they're too expensive for me. Uh, but I mean, if you got one, hey, great. And if you don't, no problem. I can understand it. You know, go get Amiga Forever or UAE, you know, whatever. Right. Um, I think that uh, my views have definitely gone in 180 degrees. Where really? It's like at, the, at, the, at this time last year, I wanted as much real hardware as I could get. That's um, not how I remember it. And uh, and then I got all the real hardware, and I realized that it, it all sucks because it never works right, no. and it breaks, and <laughs> I break it, and then I feel bad because I've broken it, and then people guilt me for the rest of my life because I've broken it. What'd you and, break? Uh, and everything. And so, uh, yeah, so I'm done. I'm done with real hardware. Who guilted uh, you? Not me. Nobody. And so uh, I basically what I'll do is uh, I'll still use the Coco. I mean, the Coco Three is the is the it's the Cadillac of the retro machine. It's 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 dead easy it's rock solid and it's got a good uh sd cart solution it's more like the Chevy citation or the toyota hatchback it's reliable it's not the fastest it's not the prettiest but Mm -hmm. it's always going to start up and you're going to get to where you're going right but apart from that i'm done it's all emulation from here on out i love i love the ease of use of being able to go between games i love the fact that when i set up a stream nothing ever goes wrong I just go there and play when I want to look at a game. Hey, it's not on the SD card. Oh, let me just take a 15-minute break so I can load it onto the... No, there's none of that. There's none of that. You play what you want. It's right there. It's good to go. Well, let's let's take a step back for a minute here, Boat. You're saying that, but I, I you skipped several uh, Boat personality dips <laughs> in between when that, in that little statement where you first, you loved horror, then you hated it. You have loved and hated horror like on and off like a light switch for a couple years now, you've told me you love the hardware. Then you say you're going to get rid of it. You've done that a bunch of times. And you were going to get rid of all your uh, multi cards and stuff. Don't be so, you don't have to limit yourself by saying it's over. It's over. It could, it's over for now, but it could come back conceivably okay. given your it personality. Could be. It you could know, be. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with real hardware 
you know, it, you, you, but you have to know what you're getting into. Well, there's nothing wrong with real hardware it. unless you're trying to capture it. That's well, where all of my. That's I where don't all have my that much trouble now. Yeah, because you are. I told you, I'm not spending any more money. You went out and you spent another hundred bucks on another doodad. I'm done spending a hundred bucks on doodads. Listen, doodads get the job done. That's what yeah, I want. Not this doodad. This doodad's heading out of town. Yeah, for now, we'll see. Roshi's last question is: What are your favorite schlocky ninja films of the '80s and '90s? Oh, Everyone man. loves the golf course scene that opens Ninja Three. But with such varied and diverse libraries, surely there's more great ones waiting to be popularized. Oh, boy. Schlocky. I used to watch so many of these. I'll just reel off the ones that come to my head. Um, uh, f- the Five Deadly Venoms is my all-time favorite martial arts film. Uh, I love, if you went back to watch the old TV show, I love The Master with Shokushugi in it and uh, Lee Van Cleef. Uh, I liked the Jackie Chan's older stuff that you don't hear much about, like Armor of God uh, or uh, Dragons Forever. Uh, those were great. Uh, the uh, I'm trying to think of the movie where the guy's got that, the almost like a sombrero that he throws and it comes over your head and it chops your head off. It's a real famous, a flying guillotine. That's a great one. I love that one. Uh, that's an awesome one uh, to, to watch. A Jim Cotta. Oh, Lord, I love Jim Cotta. That's one of my all-time favorite uh, films. Uh, because it's so goofy, but I mean, I just always thought that was a great, great movie. He just passed away recently. Uh, the uh, star of Jim Cod just a few weeks back. That was a real bummer. Uh, what you did you watch any of these old schlocky things back in the no, day? No, everything, everything I know about martial arts films, I learned from you. So uh, I think there's I'm, a generation gap there, Bo, because uh, Chudley's just like me. We used to go rent these things all the time, and the, the problem I've got is. I mean, I've seen so many of them that they run together. They're very similar often. And so, like the the the, the crippled swordsman or something. There's you know, there's a guy that has uh, uh, no arms or no legs, or, and then that's a movie. You know, there's uh, all the Shaolin monks of Shaolin, all this stuff. There's there a zillion movies where monks are training. You know, there that's a that's a movie. Mm-hmm. And so if I if I went back and and saw clips, I'd be like, oh yeah, oh yeah, it happens to me all the time. But coming up with the names of them because they were pretty generic names or gen- names that were really stupidly translated. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, I love I love schlocky. I've got a videotape somewhere, and it's two and a half hours of just clips of old kung fu movies. That's the movie. There's mm. no there's no setup for the clip. <laughs> it's just guys continuously fighting. I used to play this tape over and over. I love that tape. All right. Uh, Simulant asks, one day, do you think parcels being delivered to your home will be as old-fashioned as receiving letters to your door? Will we have a replica terminal to make whatever we need at the press of a button from carbon pellets? No, uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Because number one, carbon pellets, uh, that whole situation is going to require energy and technology that we're not going to have in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um Will laser, or I mean, will uh, uh, 3D printing go come to the point where you may be able to like have a very fast, very reliable 3D print that would knock you out something you need in a in a in a in a couple hours, probably, you know. But we ain't there yet. Uh, but when it comes to stuff like food or something, you you know, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, you you can't you can't create something from nothing, and carbon is just it's. I don't think that the the science of the replicator in Star Trek is is sound. Yeah, I just don't. I Plus, don't I think, think it that is. replicator also uses. Uh, there are also uh, po- uh, 
elements of it that are involved, like a, the teleporters, you know, mm-hmm. and those things. While possible, I, I, Michio, Michio Akaku said that the amount of energy required to do those sorts of things are just aren't available to mankind. Right. And so I'm going to go with Michio Akaku over uh, me. Do you like the film Soylent Green? Never seen it, Boat. I've not seen that one. I have seen. One. I think this is probably the first movie that you have not seen that I've seen. Yeah. Uh, I thought Soylent Green was awful. Yeah, I mean, I know the bit. Yeah, know, so. I mean, I mean, it's just so uh, low budget. It's very low rent. Like yeah. the whole film is is sort of low rent. It's pretty and the old. Fact in that the in the far from in the far flung future, everybody still drives cars that look like they were made in the seventies. Um, just no, it's it's not good. I'd go Have with like seen... Logan's Run. Now that's a yeah. good future movie. Yeah, Logan's Run is much better than Soil and Green. Uh, they live. Have you seen They Live? Oh, are you kidding me? You know I have. I love okay. that movie. Yeah. That's a great one. Roddy Piper's in it. He's great. Retro Ravi asks, if Amiga did not exist, what would your podcast be about? It would probably be pretty much the same, except we wouldn't talk about computers. (laughs) I mean, really. We probably probably wouldn't have a podcast in the first place. In fact, we almost certainly wouldn't because the whole reason we started the show was because I was like, man, there's no good Amiga podcast. Mm -hmm. Because at the time, I didn't know of any. Uh, I mean, it's possible that we could have, you know, come around to because I mean, there are there is like an Atari twelve, you know, Atari eight bit podcast, but um, you know, they 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 don't release regularly, and so you know, if you think about it, boat, if we had if if things had if let's say uh, Retro Hour or Ten Mark had been on, uh, or or maybe even the Guru guys had been on, and and I and I knew they were at the time. I wouldn't have had to have made a podcast to hear Amiga stuff, and so we wouldn't have been here in the first place. <laughs> oh yeah, well, I mean, you're you're the king of if anybody's doing anything even remotely connected, you're like, no, no, if somebody's already doing it, we can't do it. Well, no, so I know you're the king of that. That's not so. not for Amiga. That wasn't the premise. I mean, I was just like, man, why, why is nobody covering this cool computer? That was my thought. I mean. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't. What, do you have a basis yeah, for what like, you Yeah, like for example, like when I was like, man, we should do an Odyssey Two podcast. You're like, no. Fourteen years ago, Ready Player Two podcasted a series that they talked about Odyssey New Games. Well, Somebody's already done it, man. Our, as if you can't have multiple takes on the you're same. You're right, system. but you know, our, our buddy Earl was doing uh, an O Two show, and really, the problem is this: there, there's not a lot of space for. I don't know if the, does the community need multiple of Odyssey Two podcasts. Well, for me, it's never been about that. It's always been about you know, do you like talking about this? Do we have fun talking about it? I never think about the other stuff. Well, I don't know. I mean, you're, I guess you may be right. I, don't, I never really thought about it. Um, if I had to choose a topic to talk to you about um, every week that wasn't the Amiga, um, it would probably be like seventies NWA wrestling. Just a you know, every week a different wrestler. Uh, you know, going over their career, uh, you know, you can tell me the highlights, the lowlights, because that's something you, uh, here's my thing, with any podcast that we do, I always like it when you can teach me stuff, when you are the guru and I know nothing, and because uh, then I can learn something, it's like a, it's like a, uh, it's, it's a, a hidden benefit of the podcast as I get knowledge out of it. I don't like it when I'm trying to tell you stuff, because then I'm just telling you wrong information, <laughs> and uh, and I'm not getting anything out of it. So. You're not telling me the you're not purposely telling me the wrong information, are you? No, no, okay. but it, just, it naturally happens. You know so much more than me, Boat. The, no. the thought that you want me to teach you something is laughable, especially something as stupid as pro wrestling. 
I don't think we could ever keep a pro wrestling podcast going because I know inevitably and very quickly you would get real sick of it. Because maybe, really, maybe if so. you're not a real big wrestling fan, that's just really boring. Even yeah. if you are a big wrestling fan, <laughs> wrestling is really, you know, I mean, I still into a little bit, but I, my passion has dwindled over the years. Um, uh, Ravi also asks, what would the world be like if the Apple Pippin was a worldwide success? <laughs> you know how close I came to buying a Pippin? A few, no. I mean, I, and it was going to be like, I would be eating uh, like uh, cut rate hot dogs for a month to get this thing. I would, I would have been, it would have been a stupid, stupid act. Uh, but I almost bought one on eBay. Um, if Apple had ended up running the roost in gaming, it, I will say the gaming landscape would be decidedly different. Uh, and I think, uh, I mean, Apple is trying their hand right now and it's to a certain degree. And they're like that Apple Arcade or whatever they've got going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but if they, if the Pippin had been a successful console, and it's funny because you would think, um, you would think that Apple could really put something together uh, with their, because that's really the console seems it's like right up their alley to me. Well, you got to remember that the Pippin, I think came out in 96. Yeah. And the Apple of 1996 is not the Apple of today. That's exactly where I was going for, for the Pippin to have been successful. It would have probably had to have been a much more recent occurrence. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, but let's just for fun, this is kind of a neat topic. For fun, let's think. Okay, the Pippin is made by the same people that brought you the iPod and the you know whatever, mm-hmm. right? And so it's a runaway hit, right? So, what would that mean? Well, it w- let's say it came out the same year, ninety seven. By that time, video game industry has pretty much been established, so they wouldn't be running. They would be running the show, but if they were a big publisher, uh, they could use the ex- exclusivity of their console in conjunction with their other devices, and you've really got something there. They've got that walled garden set up, uh, and you could you could almost do what Nintendo or 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 you know and various other uh, console owners have done over the year, which is basically bully people into making you release exclusives and stuff. And then if you get the right people involved, you could really have uh, a big a big player. Especially if you think about the uh, who was it Bungie. Or who was it that put out the... Uh, yeah, the, Bungie games? was originally a Mac Right, if, let's say, for example, they, they instead of going to the Xbox, they stuck around. Without Halo, the original Xbox would have been screwed, right? And then so mm-hmm. then you would have had a real big flop on your hands. Let's say Halo's on the Pippin all of a sudden. Well, then you got something, you know? So I think Apple could have been a big player. And I think Apple, I mean, they're the biggest company on Earth. So they can be a big player in any industry, whatever they want, well, including right I now. Mean, Apple has enough cash in the bank to just buy outright the entire video gaming right. industry. That's, that's so. what I mean. If they, they, I think, the, I think Apple wouldn't get into that industry because I don't think they would make enough money to right. interest them. You know what? They, right. They're making the big money. Right. I mean, I mean they've already got the most. You know, in the number two most popular gaming platform in the world. I mean, number one's Android. Yeah. That's you know nobody's playing games on the amount of consoles sold versus the amount of phones that are sold every year. I mean, the phones dwarf. It is so. it is funny the amount of press that video games and consoles get, and and, and games on them get and releases get. When in actuality, all the money's coming in from mobile. It's yeah. bizarre. It's a it's, it's a tempest in a teapot. You know the the video game crew and the journalists that surround them drum these things up like they're huge deals. But if you look at Sony, you know what Sony's number one business is? No, insurance. Oh, really? Yeah, that is their number one cash cow. If you look at the pie chart of revenue from Sony, the PlayStation is a tiny, tiny sliver. 
Although it's been bigger in the past than it is now. Than it is now. I'm, they're, I'm they're, talking about right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm not surprised right by that. Uh, you know, and by the way, just getting back to the Pippin, have you ever, you've seen a Pippin, haven't you? Yeah. They're mm-hmm. real, they're not Apple-like at all looking. No. And the joysticks on it are real bizarre looking uh, stick. They're game pads. Uh, I don't think this, and the amount of attention that they gave this thing, I don't think it was ever going to be a success. Uh, but it's still, it's interesting to think about. I mean, like I said, Microsoft, if you look at who's in the console field now, you've got all these heavyweights. You've got Microsoft and you've got uh, Sony in there. And then there's Nintendo, who really, I mean, everyone looks at them as a giant of video games, but they are the plucky upstart of the bunch because they're not in the same stratosphere. There's other companies. There's a massive megacorps, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a testament to their business model and their attention to detail and their planning and how they, uh, and, and the games they make as to why they're still even involved in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pixels at Dawn asks, if you could add a third fantasy host to the podcast, who would it be? A fantasy host, eh? Uh, well, I would assume it'd be somebody in the Amiga community, right? Wouldn't you? What? What you got? You can say you say whatever you want. This is your fantasy. Well, what do you got? Let me hear what you got. To be honest with you, I don't like podcasts with more than two hosts. I think two is the magic number. I don't like these roundtable shows. I never know who's talking. Everybody's talking over each that, other that all is the time. Problem, yeah. Um, and I could not imagine, and I'm not blowing smoke up your hiney, but I could not imagine doing this show with anybody other than you. I would hate it. I would quit. Well, there are some three-man lineups that I think are pretty good. I like the guys over at, um, uh, what's the name of that stupid show? Uh, it'll, it'll hit me. There's a couple that are okay. But yeah, I, I, when you get more than that, you got problems. Uh, for me, I'm not saying, listen, if you run a show with 10 guys, I'm not saying it's crap. It's just, it does get hard to follow occasionally. For me, uh, I'm a dumb guy. In terms of like, if I could add a third man to the booth, I have to. Th- you know, we talk so much. I'm trying to think where the, we could wedge another voice in. So- well, what would happen is we would we would pers- we would have to be not as free and easy as we are now because we'd constantly be being like, oh, the third guy hasn't talked in 20 minutes. We well, got to give him some space. You could make it like the guys over at uh, uh, Retro Roundup when they bring in. The British guy, uh, Simon Butler, who just has about a t- an hour segment where he just screams at the can, or screams at the microphone, and you know, that, are you talking about that dinosaur pie guy? That's it. That's the guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're gonna add a guy screaming old, but I mean, which by the way, that position's filled on this show, my friend. But if you're gonna <laughs> add another screaming old grump to the to the equation, uh, no one is no one. He is the absolute master of screaming old grump. I like, I, and I mean, he's not likable, but you can't help but listen to his shtick and enjoy it because he's so mad. Uh, yeah. But, jeez, uh, uh, a third man of the lineup. Yeah, I'm like, I'm with you. I can't, I don't necessarily think I would want to add anybody else. But just, we're used to each other, too. It's hard to just stick another guy in there. I will say uh, Flack would be on my list, uh, short, just because I like to work with him because he's awesome. So I, he, yeah. I think he would be a good choice. Really, well, so there's plenty of people in our community that would probably be awesome to like work with. That'd be a lot of fun. I mean, yeah, you know, like yeah. there, there's definitely tons of people that are good on the stick. You know. It's just, uh, you know, the I just, I don't like change. I don't like change. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, his fakers. <laughs> I just saw that. Uh, Chris Folds asks, "Do you think that Bert is evil?" Bert, like Bert and Ernie. Yep. No. Remember that internet meme? No, I don't remember it because those are stupid. Okay. But I used to watch uh, Sesame Street a lot when I was a kid. 
uh, when our when our antenna would pick it up. And uh, uh, no, if anything, Ernie's evil. He's the troublemaker. Bert's That's true. trying to keep order. He's the straight know? man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Simulan asks, as a Sheffield lad, have you ever? Oh, he's asking this to me. Question for Boat: As a Sheffield lad, have you ever seen the movie The Full Monty with Sean Bean? And have you ever went been to watch the set the Sheffield Steelers? There's a lot of really tongue twister events in here. Ice hockey team at the Sheffield Arena. No to all. Uh, I've always wanted to watch The Full Monty. That's a great movie. And normally, whenever I talk to people from America and I tell them I went to Sheffield, they're like, oh, like The Full Monty. And I was (laughs) like, yeah, like that. The funny thing Um, is, I know you've never seen uh, uh, Train Spotting. No. Uh, But there's a guy in Train Spotting. He's he's this little guy, and he's the biggest piece of garbage you've ever seen. I mean, he is a monstrous piece of absolute garbage. All right. Everything like there's a scene where he just takes his like empty beer mug. They're mm-hmm. on the second floor of this bar. And he just chucks it over the bar backwards and he hits his chick in the face and then laughs at her and it starts a bar fight. He doesn't care. He's a drunken I- idiot. Mm-hmm. I believe he's the same guy that plays the lead in a full money, and he's mm-hmm. which is a much more uh, entertaining and nice guy in that full money's great. I love yeah, that. Yeah, I need to watch it. Oh I need to gosh. Watch it. And it's the concept of it about these guys making this dude calendar. Right. It's just it's it's great. Or doing a strip no, it's I take it back to they're doing a strip tease show, that's mm-hmm. what it is. But yeah. I think they're raising money for somebody. I, it was real funny. I highly recommend it. Highly. Um, and I, I've not I never went to see any sporting events in my whole time in England. I never went to see cricket, never went to see football, never I bet went you to regret see that, hockey. don't you? I do. Yeah. I regret it every day. I could have gone to see to Old Trafford and watched Manchester United play with my roommates. Uh, I chose not to go. I could have gone to watch cricket with one of my buddies at the Apple store. I, I regret a lot. You could have seen a ton of that. really good wrestling over there too. I probably would not yeah. have checked that out. Um, Mitsuyama asks, uh, question for John. Which cartoon character is Aaron most like? Hmm. I don't know. I kind of view you as sort of a Hong Kong fooey kind of guy, you know, matronly. You made every bit of that up, didn't you? Have you seen, sure have you Hong ever Kong watched Fui the single Hong Kong fooey show? He goes into a file cabinet. That's true. Bam. See, that's a, that's a non-answer. Give me a real answer. Are you, just... Okay. What, what cartoon character? He also asks you, what cartoon character do you think I'm most like? <sighs> I'd have to think about it for a minute. The first thing that popped into my mind, you sort of remind me of that Sam the Eagle and the Muppets sometimes. Oh, uh, I can see that. Uh, Matt but, Beckett reminds me of that guy yes, too sometimes. Yes, he's way even closer. You're the thing is, but you're you're a straight guy who occasionally loses his mind, and and, and <laughs> that's a, happens a lot. And so, I mean, and you, the thing is, you're totally when this happens, it's totally unpredictable. It's almost like you like botched a roll. It's like Boat's gonna say the stupidest thing you've ever heard now, and it's like you're like blah, and I'm just like what? What is that? <laughs> so you're you're not like the typical straight man. You're the wackiest straight man of all time. That's the way I look at you. But and I'm trying to think of a cartoon character that would fit the bill for the wackiest straight man of all time, and I just can't think of one. <laughs> so you may you're very unique, Boat. I have to say. Yeah, I just I to be honest, and I should have thought about this. I should have scanned the questions, but <laughs> man, they're killing you in the chat. <laughs> Kermit the Frog and Droopy Dog. Wow, oh, God. <sighs> yeah, I mean, you're really more Muppetish than cartoonish. I think maybe like uh, the um, uh, what's his name? Uh, who is the guy? Gonzo. Not, no, not 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 uh, Doctor Teeth. 
but the guy that plays guitar that's married to the hippie chick. They're not married, are they? I don't know. I don't know if it's a, you know, do you think they're not married? I don't think so. Do you think they're living in sin? I don't think they'd live together. Where did you get that idea? Maybe I had a dream about them one time. I don't know. Going in a whole whole weird, (laughs) see, that's exciting. You rolled the dice right there. It was. Floyd. You remind me of Floyd. Okay. I can live with that. Why? Because uh, your voice, you sound just like him. Oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you didn't have to change anything. You just said, okay, thank you in your normal voice. <laughs> okay, here we go. It's odd that we picked Muppets for both. <laughs> we are, is it, and we, you know, is it really? you talk about er- er- Bert being evil. There's a little bit of Ernie and Bert going on here too, I think. <laughs> you know? There might be. And I there think we be. interchangeably become both, depending on what's accomplished with <laughs> Okay, if you liked last question, get ready for this one. Who wears the trousers in the Amigos relationship? Boat. That's it. That's the answer. Boat. Boat makes the calls. Boat calls the shots. He's an organizer. He does all the the behind-the-scenes stuff. He organized every conceivable part of the Amigos. I literally am basically hired help. Boat does everything else. I don't know anything about When it comes to money, when it comes to show setup, all the the behind-the-scenes crap that involves the web, you know, him and Warren's are doing crazy stuff. FTP and stuff. Picking different places to host Listen, stuff. man, I told the you. The minute- mics we've got. All that stuff. Boat, boat. The cameras. The green screen. The whole concept of how the show runs. The production. That's all boat. I don't do a darn thing. Oh, I told you that the the minute that we start. The minute we get our first patron and we start making money. I'm going to I'm gonna give you 20%. It's thank, been the. It's been the it's thank you, Boat. Um. The second part of the question is, have you guys ever fallen out? Yes. On the air. Multiple times. <laughs> multiple I'll never times. Well, I, know, I don't know what the Amigos episode was, but I remember the R. Sinclair that we did right after it was the one that we were in the Nazi prison camp. That was the most uncomfortable because we started the show. You just started the show while I was seething with anger <laughs> and you were hot with rage. And we got yeah. through it. Um, gosh, I don't even remember. That wasn't that long ago. <laughs> no, it wasn't six that months? long ago. It was. It was definitely less than six months uh, ago. Uh, uh, and then we've had. Uh, uh, that was our biggest on-air argument. Boat says stuff all the time that I'm just like, oh god, boat, don't say that. You're gonna get us. Uh, boat doesn't care. That's why I say. That's when you say boat's like the straight man. That's not true. He is a straight guy, except when he's on fire. You know, and sometimes boat just go and boat doesn't give a crap. That's a, a and I do. I maybe I'm overly sensitive, but I worry about it. so boat doesn't care, does not care. And so sometimes that's usually when we butt heads. Yeah. When you yeah. say, I mean, occasionally Bro. it'll be a show thing like boat. I don't think we should do that. Or Aaron, here's what I want to do, or we're going to change this. And I and whenever boat changes stuff, I don't like it because I'm always you know because I'm an old guy. And that's the way we are. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But that's that's basically it. Whenever I want to change stuff, but we never. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think we've ever really fought like we fought that one night. We've on never the, fought uh, outside the show ever, have we? No, no. Well, I mean, I never really see you outside the show, so that well, probably I, has something to do with that's it. What, yeah. <laughs> well, you. I don't see anybody, but we used to see each other all the time before the Corona. Yeah, before, but before Corona, and really yeah. the stuff we. How long we've we doing the show? Going on? Was it, we're in our six years? All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a long way. We've done a lot of shows. And we've spent yeah. a lot of time talking 
over the years. I guarantee you that the amount of dust-ups that we've had over the course of the past six years are nothing on bands or like, you know, comedy teams like Jerry Lewis and Mac Davis. Like, you know, there was nothing. That Jerry Lewis compare. and Mac Davis? You mean Dean Martin? Dean Martin, yeah. Mac Davis. Um, <laughs> Now that's a that's a show I want to see. Jerry Lewis and Mac Davis getting together. Mac Davis is a singer, yes. right? Yes. But so is Dean Martin. Yeah, yeah. You can see where I made the mistake. Boat is a provocateur. That is true. Boat revels um, in it. I mean, he'll t- he'll tell me he's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna rile people up, and I'll be like, Boat, don't rile people up. And Boat's like, I'm gonna rile them. I'm gonna. I, he doesn't care. You know, it, you're, that's surprising. But too. I don't, I don't do it just to rile people up. I just know that my opinions sometimes have the potential. Tell me the truth. You've up. never said something on this show just to rile people up. Oh, that's completely okay. false. And that, thank yeah. you. Okay, uh, let's see here. If you could hold both buttons down when you power on the Amiga and see an up. I don't understand this question. If you could hold, oh, okay, okay. So you know how when you hold both buttons down when you power on the Amiga and it gives you NTSC and PAL? Yeah. What would the third option be? Uh, C-CAM. That's I see really that all what you choose? I see that all the time on video standards. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is or where they use it, but C-CAM, I'd be in there. Okay. I would probably go for, um, like, give me up for jump. Up, up, up is always oh, the second button. I didn't know that's what we were talking about. I thought we were talking yeah, about that's video what, that's standards. What the, 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 yeah, the nature of the question is, like, if you could have any other option on that screen, what would it be? Well, then I would change my vote. Okay, I figured you would. <laughs> Sorry. Ccam uh, is France. Thank you, Frodo. Thank you. Fro- Frodo knows. I saw Frodo talk about some French stuff earlier. Are you in France or French, Frodo? Frodo's in the Netherlands. Okay, there you go. Um, yeah, that's it. I was watching that, Curtis, when you were talking about it. <clears throat> um, I would choose, I don't know, up for jump the button. That'd be a good one. Or maybe just having it uh, accept multiple buttons uh, would be good. Uh, so, I, yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you, Boat. That would that would probably be a good way to go. Yeah. Yeah, Curtis suggests disable AGA. That would probably be my second, hey, my second choice. I can do that on the old on Amiga here. Yeah, you can. Yeah, turn that stuff right off. Okay, here is an interesting question from Roshi. Okay. He says, would you rather live in a world... In a, in a world, world. <laughs> where there were never multiple video standards or a world without multiple video connector styles. So which would you rather delete from the world? Multiple video standards or multiple video connector styles? Well, I think you can't have one without the other. That's right. You, you can only choose one. Uh, I would probably go with... Uh... <sighs> If we had if we had a world without multiple video standards, the other one would fall in the lines. I'm going to go with that because multiple okay, videos. I'm going to go. I'm going to go the other way because video standards have nothing to do with cable connections. Well, video I mean, standards have to do with the way that your TV is constructed. But you wouldn't you wouldn't need as many cables if we if we all use one standard. And no, because there would still be applications where you need to have a lower resolution. Like a TV did not need to have as many lines of resolution as a computer monitor for most of the life of the well, system. Let's face facts. Anyway, it went. We'd still be buying a bunch of crap. <laughs> I would much rather have a thing. It's called the Jack. This is the Jack, Jack. Yeah. And this is what you put in your TV. Okay. She's got and whatever the jack. you get, you get. But that's it. Yeah. The Jack. Duncan Stiles asks, have you muted any words on Twitter? I, I don't know what that means, Boat. Okay. That is your answer. Do you? No. No, I don't mute words on Twitter. I mute people on Twitter. When people on Twitter say something I don't like, I block them and I never think about them again. 
I have blocked some political people. Yeah, but that's you, what I'm talking about. You know, Twitter's one of these gimmicks. Here's the gimmick. Like, I've got a buddy. I love this guy, right? But then he's got a bunch of people that he follows that are are spud heads, right? Well, I don't I don't know who these people are, and they're saying crap that's dumb. So they get blocked. I didn't even add them. They just get but they get blocked. I don't ever want to see their crap again. But I don't I don't fool Twitter all that much, you know. It, I never liked Twitter. I still don't like it. So there you go. Um, I don't know. You can block words. Yeah, you can block words. So you can like if you if you like what some people have to say, but you don't want to hear them talk about Trump, you can actually just like block the word Trump. Can you block the word like the? Or I guess you could. Your Twitter would be pretty pretty. You still see their message just without the no no no. I think I think it deletes the whole message. That would be much full cooler. (laughs) I'm blocking every occurrence of the word uh, you. And it looks like one of the, yeah. Um, Simulant asks, what do you think of the spy who loved me? Um, It's okay. Uh, It's okay. It's not amongst my favorites. Uh, I'm trying to think of the last time I watched that one. That one's been a while. Um, Gosh. I'm trying to think of the, they all run together, you know? They all, you, I I know you haven't seen it, have you? No, no. I'm going to, I'm going to look up what, which one it was. Real quick, uh, it's not amongst my favorites, but you know they're all in some ways they're all sort of the same in that era too. Uh, uh, he he also asks if you and Boat could choose any Bond car or vehicle, which is your favorite? Oh gosh, um, I'd say the car from the car from Goldfinger. You know, is awesome. What kind of a car, car was that? I think it was Aston Martin. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Uh, great, yeah, I, I... great, great car. So yeah, I, as you guys know, I am not a uh, a big Bond guy, but I would probably uh, I wouldn't care to uh, own the uh, the Moonraker Lunar Rover, drive that around town. You know, I'm looking at to see which one this was. Yeah, this one it did have Jaws in it. Uh, this is one uh, where there were there was a, there was a submarine involved that went missing and they got nukes off of it. I mean, it was it was I would say it was standard fare. How about that? Okay, okay. Um, here's an interesting question from Simulant. He says, "Do you think the future of mankind's survival lies under the sea rather than out colonizing space?" No, because we can't pollute space like we can the sea. I mean, well, yes, so you much... can. We've well, already done it. Let me rephrase. You've heard that. of space junk? Let me rephrase that, boat. We have a finite amount of water in the ocean, right? Conceivably, we can... Well, no. Conceivably, we don't. There's... there. I mean, like, you can't run out of water. No, no. I'm not saying use up all the water. I'm saying we could contaminate a lot of water, okay? Okay. And even when it goes up to the sky and becomes rain, it mm-hmm. still could be contaminated, right? Because of our, our because we suck. Space is infinite, and we could clutter it up, but as long as there was a little hole with the clutter that we could shoot a rocket through, we could get out of that and go somewhere else. That's So that's my answer. I'm going to go okay. with space. Okay. Uh, I do think that mankind's survival does lie uh, in colonizing space just because space is so vast. And also, I believe that the transport costs of getting stuff to under the sea to where it could be useful uh, by the time that we, uh, you know, really get this Mars thing going, I think it still might be cheaper to send rockets up to Mars than explore the Marinara Trench and all that. 
I, I will say I, I, I'd like to be under the sea in an octopus's garden. And also, I think we can both agree that mankind has no future. I think we're pretty much I think that's pretty much the way I'm looking at that. Yeah, I'm an I'm an optimist. I, I believe in the future. I believe I want to see space. You know, I want to see all the stuff. I want to see Star Trek come to life. I want to see Gumby, Aaron. I want to see old Star Trek come to life. I don't want new Star Trek to come to life. That'd be bad times. Yeah, nobody wants that. <clears throat> nobody wants their eye gouged out. No, no, no. Um, Pixels at Dawn asks, "What's the what is the design of your own personal Bond supervillain base?" Wow. Well, you know, I'm a traditionalist boat, so you got to start off with like a hollowed out volcano or a mountain, right? Mm-hmm. And then I also like those bases where you've got just a, a crap load. You got to have two elements. You got to have a crap load of dudes to protect the base, and they're all in like some kind of wacky uniform. Yep. And then you got to have a bunch of like civilians and lab guys that just wander around, like they're doing, <laughs> like they're like this is their everyday job is to work with a super villain. <laughs> yeah. Where are you going? You know, you know, moon yeah. base. <laughs> this is where I'm going to like germ warfare department six. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, I'm 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 going to be down in like uh, missile theft or whatever. Yeah. But that's, I would like all that stuff. If you've ever seen, I believe it was, you only leave twice, I believe it's the one, where Bond infiltrates the the inside of the mountain, and there's all these guys come out, and he's got, Bond has his own troops, and they had this multicolored battle, and they're coming down on, on strings and stuff. I like all that. That's what I want. All that kind of stuff. When it all goes down, I want there to be a crazy battle with people lobber grenades and stuff inside the mountain. And at the end, I want the mountain to explode. That's what I want. So if I was a supervillain, the old hollowed out volcano gimmick. I'm going to go the other way on this. Mm -hmm. Zeppelin. Huge Zeppelin. It's been done. Did you ever see, uh, see, uh, which was it, uh, View to a Kill? Oh. The bad guy in that was Zorn, played by Christopher Walken, and he had a Zeppelin. He drove around, and there's a famous scene where he's having a board meeting in the Zeppelin. And this one guy doesn't want to vote the way Zorn wants. And so he hits the button and the guy, the guy, the floor goes, Broop, and the guy just falls out of the Zeppelin. Just drops out of the Zeppelin. And, and, and then Zorn turns around to the rest of the table and goes, does anyone else care to drop out? Mm. <laughs> Bam. Bam. That could what be a you, line from walking. Yeah, he was great. <laughs> All right. Uh, Chris Folds asks, this is just for you, Aaron. Uh, you have visited loads of cool monster myth and ghost sites. Out of all of them, which do you think is the most true? The most true. Um, well, I, there's a lot of eyewitness testimony that is believable in the Flatwoods monster case. He only came one time. They never saw him before or since. And, and there is scientific proof that something did descend on Flatwoods that night. Okay, so I'm going to go with that. So in terms well, of... Well, talk, talk about that a little bit more. Uh, a, uh, a, a group of school children and their teacher saw a <clears throat> something fall from the sky in the woods of Flatwoods, West Virginia, up on the hill, and went up the hill to see what was up there, and they ended up seeing what what was the Flatwoods monster, which is sort of a, uh, a uh, uh, long missile-shaped creature that had these kind of pincer arms and a... Kind of a, a, a head with a like a the back a back plate that looked like an ace of spades, uh, mm-hmm. and, a, and he just a real weird guy yeah. floating around, and they all ran off. Um, so that, there was no communication with the Flatwoods no. monster, right? And I believe it was yeah. setting stuff on fire. This you know it's very you know, but I mean that's that's pretty much they've all pretty much stuck to their story. 
mm-hmm. uh, on that. And it was like I said, the it was they the uh, Air Force tracked something in, so mm-hmm. there was something happened. Hmm. Uh, and there are very, p- people have various reasons for what they think it was. I've heard barn owl and a bunch of the crap. Uh, so they're that. Now, in terms of me personally, have I been any place where I really saw monsters and got creeped out? I only had two experiences that were real creepy. And one, I just was up there, Transalgany Lunatic Asylum, when me and Teresa were doing an overnight look, you know, look around. And we were in the violent, uh, I think it was the violent teen ward uh, from back in the day. If you've ever been to the Transalgany Lunatic Asylum, it's a vast, creepy place. Creepy as all get out. And uh, I just got a real ominous feeling in this area. And I'm Is that not, the one that's in Weston? That's right. Yeah. I'm not one that would uh, normally get f- creeped out about anything. I mean, it's not like it's a real creepy old place, but I mean, mm-hmm. it, you know, it was real weird feeling. Uh, the other time uh, we were at a uh, one of the last mining stores that is still, uh, you know, still up in West Virginia. It's a place where the miners used to go to buy their equipment and stuff. They And you had to pay with mine money. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, we Mom's were, money. That's we were what doing a ghost say. hunting there, and it was me, Tree's dad, and another guy in this cl- big closet in this in this store. And the guy said, "Listen, if there's someone there, give us a sign." And at the exact second he said that, we heard a loud knock. That was pretty creepy. So I would mm. say those are the two things. Now that doesn't mean I'm into. I believe it, but they were very creepy. But I would say the Flatwoods monster. That's the one I would say. There's a uh, there's a there's a good likelihood that something happened. And I will say Mothman. There's a pretty good likelihood of him of something happening there, but it's less likely than the Flatwoods. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Frodo and L asks, which book movie TV show would you like to see a game based on? And what would the game entail? Book movie or TV show? Let's see a game based on. What do you think about that one, Bo? I've been talking for a while. You got, what's funny. I just, I just read uh, Isaac Asimov's book uh, called foundation. Mm Mm-hmm which is basically a series mm-hmm. of uh, social trials set in the future um, where uh, mankind is, is, is set against all of these different, um, uh, there's a collapsing empire, there are, you know, fiefdoms that spring up, and, and how does this single planet continue to operate under its originally set up rules? And I think that that would be a cool uh, a game to play because it could be set over several eons. So you would see, you know, the future shift in very dramatic ways, but you're tasked with sort of keeping your civilization together and moving while dealing with all these different kinds of threats. I think that would be cool. Very famous book, uh, yeah. that one. Uh, I've not read it, but I, I mean, I, anyone that knows anything about sci-fi knows, you know, has heard about that one. Um, I'm trying to think if I can think of anything about that needs to be made into a game. Uh, because some of the stuff I like, they attempted to make into a game, or and it sucked. There, there's a there's a story I, I like called uh, it was the movie. They made a movie on it. It was called Free Jack, and it was a horrible, horrible film. It's the book's called Immortality Incorporated, uh, and a lot of the stuff from Immortality Incorporated has been ripped off, like Suicide Boots and stuff from like Futurama. They are they often go after it, but it's a the premise of the book is that man scientifically proves that there's an afterlife and they also find a way to do a medical procedure to guarantee you'll go there. And so mm-hmm. what this causes is people don't give a crap about living because they've got the, they're mm-hmm. good to go, you know? Right. Uh, it's a real interesting plot. I think it'd be a really fun, uh, like a point and click adventure or some kind of like, or like a, 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 a big, uh, exploration sort of thing. So I think I'm going to go with that. Okay. Okay. Um, Paul, a.k.a. Hermsky, asks, what, if any, kickstart campaigns have you invested in 
been tempted by or regretfully missed? It's funny. I actually got an email today uh, from one of them. Uh, I believe I'll, I'll tell you the exact name since I have it handy here. Uh, it is um, the send the send in light gun. Uh, if you remember when that was making it rounds, it's a light gun that will work on an LCD t- uh, panel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and their shipping should be starting to ship the other month. It's been a year or so since they, you know, they're running late. Uh, so that's one I invested in because I thought it'd be fun to have it for the arcade, you know, cause we've got the arcade set up out there. Uh, right. I, I don't invest in that many Kickstarters, man. I jumped in on uh, uh retro man caves book. That was one I jumped in on. Um, what else have I jumped in on boat? And not that many, man. Uh, it's not because I don't think they're interesting. It's just because I don't have any money. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I haven't jumped on TV. What about, I know you, have you ever jumped on any? Yeah, uh, I've kickstarted. Uh, there is a, uh, a journal uh, that I think it's called Enron. That was a uh, entirely Africa based um, sort of photo travel uh, lifestyle journal that I backed because I love projects like that. Um, and I got I got my issue. It was massively delayed, just like so many Kickstarter projects are, but it, it was cool. Um, I tried to back the Pebble Time 2. This was the, uh, the, the remember the Pebble Watch? Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, Pebble was going to release like the mother of all watches. They had the color e-ink display, all this stuff. I was a huge Pebble watch guy. Yeah, I remember um, this. Yeah, and uh, and but it fell through. Fitbit bought them and they refunded all the all the pledges. And the Pebble watch two never came out, so that sucked. Um, I just backed the Amiga, the new Amiga film that's coming out uh, in. I think it's called Amiga Twenty Twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw which, the, I saw the thing on Facebook for it. Yeah. And I plan on picking up Neil's book too. So, uh, yeah, I back stuff as it occurs to me. I've never regretted missed out on any missing out on anything. I don't think, uh, because (laughs) what, what have you regretted missing out on? I knew I should have ordered a next when I had the chance. And that's one I didn't, I I don't regret it so much now because I think I'm going to be able to use the, uh, to do it. But you know, at the time when we were running hot and heavy with Art Sinclair, and here I am, I, I don't like, having a substandard emulator to use. I know I could pay for one, but I'd like to have, it is, I do like to have something that's sort of physical to fool around with mm-hmm. uh, when I can. And that, and also I felt like since we're doing a Sinclair show, I felt sort of duty bound to have, to at least make an effort. And I, yeah. but I mean, it was just more money than I had. A- another one was, uh, uh, Stephen's, uh, case, the checkmate. I'd love to have had mm-hmm. the money to get in on that. Uh, when it was, and, and still don't have the money for that. But I mean, I think it is a quality piece of kit. I feel like there are tons of awesome Kickstarters that I never even hear about yeah. because I'm not constantly on there. Yeah, I'm the same way. And uh, so, yeah, I agree. All right. Uh, let's see here. Um, Frodo asks, what's your favorite black and white movie? Oh, God. Um, it's got to be uh, Citizen Kane. Citizen, I mean, I know another cliched answer, uh, but uh, uh, I love that movie. Okay. What about you? Um, boy, Casablanca is great. That's a great flick. I like yeah. that one too. Um, speaking of Woody Allen movies, I really like Manhattan. Yeah, I love oh. Manhattan. Yes, uh, that's a really good great, one. He's done a bunch black of black and white, white movies. Yeah, um, that's another. I, you know, I, I agree. Um, um, Dead men don't wear plaid. That's <laughs> a good. <laughs> one of my, you know, it's one of these things that I always said if I had the time I would sit down and do, but here we had the coronavirus and I didn't do it. But 
there are tons of classic films that I've never seen, mm-hmm. you know, and I would lo- especially black and white movies. I'd love to sit down and, and watch them. And, uh, and so just so I could say that I have some of these, I'm trying to think if, I, oh, if they were in color or black and white, just like, uh, 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 someone just mentioned the third man. Some of the ones I really like were, Oh yeah. Young Frankenstein. That's another, that's an that all classic, yeah. uh, black and white movie. Uh, but I would say, I mean, listen, uh, uh, I'm a mark for Orson Welles just because of his radio work, because, you know, I'm a big OTR guy. And mm-hmm. so it took me forever to get around to watching Citizen Kane. Uh, I just didn't care. And then one day, uh, my buddy lent me a, a videotape at work. He's like, listen, you haven't watched this year, a piece of garbage. And he ridiculed me. I'm like, I'll show you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I could tell from the first scene. I'm like, I'm in. Plus, I saw, you know. You've got all those radio players on there, Agnes Moorhead. So it's just like, man, I was like, you got an all-star cast. And it was just, it's the best. Everything he did in it was just blows me away. Uh, just an awesome, awesome film. But Casablanca uh, was all like, really good. And I, I like the Marx Brothers movie. Like Duck Soup is yeah. great. Night at the Opera. So, but I, I wouldn't call those all-time classics, they're, you know. They're good. It's, they're very, I mean, yeah. they're funny, but they're just, yeah. they're Marx Brothers flicks, you know. Right. Um Lobsterminator asks, what's your favorite foreign language movie? I would go with, I'll tell you, a movie I just loved. It was a French film called Amelie. I love that movie. Uh, it was introduced to me by a friend of mine, a good friend of mine. She goes, listen, you got to watch this movie. It's in French. And I was like, no. And she's like, you got to watch it. And this, is, this movie was made right when they were just at the cusp of, like, color sweetening and stuff with computers this is one mm-hmm. of the first big movies where they really did a lot of uh uh video effects that were not they didn't use green screen stuff but they were they were sweeting the colors and change and so the end result was this uh, just a beautiful touching film i don't know if you've ever seen it no. uh, I, str- I strongly recommend it uh, okay. it's a great flick so i would go with that one that's what uh, comes to my mind immediately um mine is probably life is beautiful have you seen that I don't. What's that? What's that about? It's about uh, it's about this guy who goes into a Nazi concentration camp uh, with his son, and he is. Uh, but it's a it's a it's a comedy. It's a really uplifting film because he's trying all these. There's all this horrible things going on around him, and he's doing everything he can to like shield his son from the awfulness that's going on around him. Yeah, and uh, it's it's a it's a it's a beautiful story. Yes, Brock. Uh, it, that's what I said. I, I, I've heard of that movie, Bo, but it, it's not depressing at all. No, I mean it, it is. I mean it's depressing because it's freaking set in a concentration camp, yeah. you know. But um, but it's not like um, you know the uh, the Spielberg uh, Schindler's List. You know, it's not like that. Okay. So, but yeah, uh, I think it's Italian. I'll ponder that one, boat. Uh, Kate asks, uh, food question off the top of my head: Are y'all popcorn guys? Do you mix candy in your popcorn or add any crazy ingredients? I do like popcorn. I don't mix candy in there. Uh, I don't candy. I mean, you get maybe like a snack mix or something that has some candy mixed in there, like some M and M's or something. But I don't mixing candy into your popcorn. I've never done that. You don't do it. Have you? Uh, yeah. Well, what I do is I mix it in my mouth. I get myself a big fistful of popcorn, shove it in there, uh-huh. then I add a couple Sour Patch Kids. What you do to, to be a real man is you shove a mouthful of popcorn in and you snort a couple M and M's. Get that six. That's <laughs> is that what you do you know, when you're a man? Mixing the food in your mouth doesn't count, boat. What is that? You goofball. 
But I can tell you that I love it, but I get a huge stomach ache after doing it. And then you wash it down with some cherry Coke. There's nothing better. No, I do like a caramel popcorn. I will eat that, you know, occasionally, like a Cracker Jacks and stuff. But I, mm-hmm. I, I do like I do like popcorn. It's not something you don't I like time. popcorn a lot. It's funny yeah. when I was dieting heavily, I air popped popcorn and ate it day and night. I mean, it was mm. all I ate with that mm. artificial but like butter on it to make yeah. it thin. Yeah. Hey, it works. It was great. It was a great snack. Um. And our final question. <laughs> courtesy, because that's called chewing. That's exactly <laughs> right, Curtis. That's not mixing. That's chewing. It's dead on. Our final question, Aaron, comes from the one and only Jack Flack, Rob O'Hara. He says, what's one the one computer or gaming-related item that you've intentionally parted with that you regret the most? Oh, boy. I'll let you take this one first. I'll have to think about it. Um, I needed the money at the time, yeah. but I would really like to have it now. I, I, when I had that sealed copy of Maniac Mansion, um, you know, for the, for the PC, that thing, uh, when I, I got it at a, uh, a, uh, you know, I used to live in a heavily trafficked military area where people were moving on and off base all the time. So it was great thrift stores. And I found the sealed copy of Maniac Mansion. Um, and, uh, what was it I for, sold it, boat? uh, it's for PC, mm-hmm. for PC. And uh, I sold it for over four hundred dollars on eBay, and uh, which was huge because I had no money at the time. But I would have liked to hold on to it because it was a cool looking, it was a cool looking box. It would be a neat thing to have. Now, what read that read that question in its entirety, Boat? So I can. What's the one computer or gaming related item okay. you've intentionally? Par- oh no, no, no! I take it back. That's not the answer. The answer is my. I used to have a Footlocker full of gaming magazines, and I sold them all in bulk for like a hundred dollars shipped or something insane like that. And it was all my old Nintendo powers and EGMs and stuff like that. Yeah. That's the number one thing I regret. I would have to say, of course, I'm much like yourself. I, I need the money and I've sold so much stuff for, for money uh, over the years and will continue to do so. Uh, but um, I would say the Amiga 1000 hurt real bad. I will say that that was one that I was killing me uh, and I'm happy I got one back. But the one thing that I sold that really, really hurt was when I had to leave Kentucky because I got I had no job, mm-hmm. and I had to clear out my arcade. And Flack can understand this because he's an arcade guy. Uh, I had to sell my first and favorite arcade machine, which was my four-player WrestleFest. And you know me. I love wrestling, and I love video games, and I love that game. That you, you know how much I love it. It's a great game. And it was a horrible day when that thing got carted out of the house. I could barely even watch the guy take it. Uh, and then, of course, that was followed by my Donkey Kong and my Miss Pac-Man and my Road Blasters, my Time Killers. All of it went. And when I moved back to West Virginia, I had butkus, no no games, uh, and I needed the money. So that was that was a real that was a real bummer, uh, man. That uh, uh, was sad. I still get sad about it, but. Everything works out in the end, unless it doesn't. So there you go. And Frodo asks, how many more questions do you think you'll be answering today? The answer is zero. Wow. We are done. This was like this was like you're uh, trying to become uh, a member of a Congress or something, or like one of those, or like the appointed <laughs> judges. You know, yeah, where they, it's they the get you up there. All over again. That's right. 
So anyway, we thank you for tuning in to the last of our August Ask the Amigos uh, sessions. Uh, we will be back in September uh, as long as we have more questions to answer. As always, if you are a member of our Discord community, you can ask a question in the Ask the Amigos channel. Thank you to uh, all the folks that are watching us in the chat. We want to thank uh, another TT viewer at N. Bitstorm, Brock 101, Commander Root, Crunch Chip Chip, Dedicated Lurking 9 to 5, Frodo and L, Javasoft, Jackie Martling, Kara Kasrian, L Curtis B, Lemon Juice 12, Macintosh Librarian, Mitsuyama, Panhandler, Picard 2010, Remastino, Rob O'Hara, Rubber Slayer, VNK, and Vigoral. Man, we had a big crowd for this. Of course, when yeah, you record man. for 20 straight hours, they come and go, Boat. That's I right. like the one That's cat's right. name. Lurker twenty four seven or that's that's telling you exactly what you're getting right there, right, right. And we will be back on Friday with another episode of the Amigos. We'll be back tomorrow, bright and early tomorrow morning. ARG presents correct with Android Game. Mm. Oh yeah, we got a couple winners this week, but thanks, Frodo. Thanks for putting in that checkpoint for me. We'll see you guys later. Adios. Adios. Stop the Zencast.